Hi there, and welcome back to Aquarian Times. This is Julia Birnbaum. It is um, November 25th, 2020. This is episode 11, and we are talking today about astrological aspects, specifically, and uh, also more generally, astrology, um, as well as, again, the context of um, my project, 21 Hidden Root Causes of Disease, and the idea that I'm working on with is that um, I'm trying to uh, point to root causes or, or avenues that you can begin to look down when um, faced with um, an, either an illness or uh, an issue or a mental state or a emotion <laughs> or something that's just immovable and confusing and um, you need some answers uh, about how to heal and you don't know where to start. So I have made a list of 21 possible places to start looking when you want to do some further self-inquiry and figure out what is going on um, subconsciously <laughs> in your mind-body system, uh, spirit. And um, yeah, so, so uh, the topic today is astrological aspects and so um <laughs> this is quite it's almost like this huge long time coming for me to publicly <laughs> talk about astrology because um as my family members know it's it's pretty much all I talk about and um uh, they've it's funny because there was a time when they just kind of looked at me funny or rolled their eyes or kind of were like, okay, here she goes again. And now it's become, um, there's like a joint conversation that has begun in the last year or so where they're really, really interested in what I have to say. And they've also started doing their own research about astrology and they're asking me for updates. And um, <laughs> so th this is just to say that I have a personal, very, very native connection with the stars and the planets, um, clearly, because I start, I speak the language. And, um, and that is to say, and little side note here, I've never really gardened in my life. <laughs> and I've always kind of felt, wow, I feel so much more connected with the stars than I do with the earth. And, um, so I'm sure a lot of people could relate with that statement, uh, perhaps, um, you know, um, if you consider yourself a star seed or any of these sort of interesting terms that are coming about at this point in, in history, right? So the idea, though, is I'm trying to kind of date back uh, sort of when I may have felt like my journey began with astrology consciously um, and how, and maybe it began with readings that I've, because I've, I've had, I've, I've gotten readings for over 20 years now. Um, I'm 42 at the moment this year. And um, God, I wish I could 
remember when my first reading was, but that's not coming to me at the moment. But um, I have actually had readings by famous astrologers, um, and one of them being the late uh, Jan Spiller, who uh, my my father actually went to school with, and uh, they were friends, and he hooked um, us up for a Skype reading. That was in 2014. I had a personal Skype reading with Jan Spiller. And if you know Miss Jan Spiller, she's famous for um, her work with the nodes, with the North and South nodes, and um, and as well as a lot of other works. But she was really sent at seminal works about the path of the soul through um, the North and the South node research, uh, or maybe just channeling that she was doing. Um, and as well, I had a very pivotal reading, um, in 2015, I guess the next year, um, with another well-known astrologer. Um, and, uh, anyway, I, it's been a, a deep, deep interest of mine. And, but what I have found personally is, uh, the vastness of this topic is quite staggering. And, um, at this, to this date, I have not personally been to an astrology conference. Um, so there are levels that I feel I have not plummeted myself. And, um, I'm sure many books that I, you know, have yet to read, um, so to make a distinction, uh, many people know there is the Western and the Eastern or the Vedic system that are most popular when it comes to astrology. And um, I did dabble a few years ago, I don't know, five or six years ago, or um, I started really becoming interested in the Vedic uh, astrology. But um, I have always kind of landed more in the Western um, system. And partially, um, I think when I, when I started going down the rabbit hole of the, of the Vedic system, um, I really felt a little bit like out of my element. And maybe that's because I'm a Western, uh, born person, but, um, that system is heavily, I mean, I, I find it absolutely fascinating, but, um, it's, it's a, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I could say intelligently, um, again, much about the history of the tradition, um, because I have not, I have not taken a, um, at this point, like I said, not been to an astrology conference or taken a, a, a course. Um, I've, all of my studies are intuitive or self, um, self, uh, made like reading books or sitting down and um just working with the energies of the the planets and learning about some of the basics even like the houses and um but when it comes to like for instance I just I just listened to I just now just ended actually just for context today uh which is a Wednesday um you know Wednesday in November I have already listened to two podcasts on astrology, like one this morning before my yoga practice and one uh, during lunch. 
Um, and so I just, I don't know, I could just live, this stuff is so, so interesting and fascinating. Um, and, but when, again, when I listen to professional astrologers or people, I realize who, I feel like I have a native connection, but it's incredible what they, how they speak so fluently in, um, the, the, you know, nodes of the chart or the, the sidereal system and the zodiac. It, it's just that the kind of lingo that they use is, is admittedly way beyond my, um, my scope, at least at this juncture of my understanding. And, um, which is maybe, I don't know, maybe why I haven't taken on this professional study at this point yet, because I feel like I would get really, really overwhelmed. Um, but I, I definitely enjoy listening to it. So the point, though, is, and I would refer you to, uh, you know, just trying to find out more information if you're interested through various astrologers that are living now, um, some of whom I follow, uh, Jessica Lanyato has a, um, a podcast called Ghost of a Podcast, wonderful information. I think she puts out two episodes a week. Um, another, uh, woman, Chani Nicholas is, uh, now the Oprah magazine, um, astrologer. She's a couple years older than me. I've read both of their books and, um, I feel like they're very, they're my most recent, like to bring to the top of top of mind, uh, resources that I've been, that I've been following. And they're both pretty well known. Um, and again, I, I, um, I'm not focusing all my energy and attention on astrology. It comes to me and I look for it, but I'm also, as you may notice, dabbling in a lot of other areas. So, um, but you know, I, I had, because I've spent a good percentage of my time and energy and thoughts, uh, focused on, astrology, I, I wanted to include that. Um, well, and, and because it is a very, uh, you know, important thing to be on this list of 21 hidden root causes, because if you don't know, um, about astrology and you, you pass it off as being woo or, um, you know, irrelevant or, uh, airy fairy or whatever you may think, um, I, I challenge you to expose yourself to some of these more brilliant and, um, very technically based, uh, astrologers. So astrologers, again, they run the gamut from being very, again, technically minded to being very intuitive to being, um, myth, you know, connected to the mythology, um, uh, that found in the, the planets, um, connected with the planets. Um, so there's so many different flavors of astrologers and, you know, for one, for every type of thinker, I would say. Um, and so to, to just pass it by and dismiss it, um, I would think that you would if you really open your mind, you could find someone that was resonating with you if you were interested to to follow their their personal studies. 
So just as with any art and any science and any um, study, I mean, our, you know, as a species, we further this information through digesting it in, in our own consciousness. And we, we further the study through our reflections. And um, that's why it is sort of a living science. And again, the, the Vedic system, I know, um, is dependent largely on omens, for instance, it's when you would be having a reading, it is uh, across the board, um, the things that are happening live during the reading are included. Like, like say you met the astrologer at a cafe. And so that cafe is uh, the time of day and the weather and um, the directions you were facing while sitting in the cafe um, and even the amount of water that there's in, in your glass at a time that you're talking about a specific aspect in your chart and the type of bird that lands on the rail outside and the point that the sun is in the sky. I mean, these are all part of the reading. This is why I find this stuff so, just so, so amazing because the presence that it, that is required and the presence the, the level of consciousness that is um, acknowledged, you know, in the present moment with these systems and is, is again, it's, it's very 5D um, or even beyond. I mean, it's, it's, you know, like words jumping off the page. It's, it's, it's not 2D. It's not dead. It's um, quite living and quite interactive, you know. Um, psychedelic almost. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I, I encourage anyone to, um, this is my encouragement to, to dive in and get, get your feet wet, um, get your hair wet in some astrology and, uh, see how it feels. Try it on for size. Um, I, in this podcast, there's so much I could go into. I also reference, I wrote a short blog post about this. You could check that out on juliaburnbaum.com. Um, but specifically, I wanted to talk about aspects of the planets in your chart. And again, being a novice, admittedly novice astrologer, there are a lot of other aspects that, to be looked at. For instance, the degrees that the planets are at in the chart and the, where the nodes are when this and that are going on. Again, I couldn't really intelligently talk about some of that, but um, the point being is uh, one, one um, indicator of uh, relation relationships in our lives uh, to all the things in our lives, uh, all the people and all the things, including, you know, material objects and including, you know, jobs or uh, family members or, you know, romantic relationships or children um, or even, um, you know, pets and anything, you name it, like the Akasha, um, uh, food, um, entertainment, uh, it's all, it's all in there. So, if you look at a chart, it will be spelled out how your relationship to these things are spelled out by the as the way that the planets aspect each other, their relationship to each other. In other words, in the houses in your chart. 
So as I mentioned, there are um, different ways the planets do aspect each other. And we're looking at a, if you're thinking, if you're looking at a, a wheel, right, or a circle divided into 12 uh, slices of pie, for instance, if you can imagine that, right? Um, there's 12 zodiac signs, 12 houses, and the planets will be falling uh, in those houses. So they can be, um, you know, they can be directly opposite each other. They can be, they can be to a T square to each other. They can be trine, which is um, three signs, uh, three signs apart or three signs in between. Um, let me get this in front of me. Um, or they can be what's called sextile, which is, um, one, one, uh, house or sorry. Yeah. One house in between. Um, so like say sextile would be if you had a planet in the ninth house and in the 11th house, they would be sextiling. Um, so the idea is when you have, and I, I, again, I could recommend Chani Nicholas's book. It's called You Were Born for This. She spells this out very, very, um, very, very easy to understand. And um, then you can just go get that book and um, start taking some notes about your chart. And you can actually get a printed, uh, printed chart for free on her website. That's ChaniNicholas.com. C-H-A-N-I-N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S.com. Um, and yeah, that'll spell out where your planets are. And also if, if they were uh, retrograde when you were born, if they were, uh, um, what's called in their fall or detriment or exalted or in their home sign, um, as well as, um, their relationship to each other and how they are, again, like, as I mentioned, trining, sextiling, conjunct, which is, two planets in the same house will be conjunct or they could be squaring, um, which forms a T square in that pie, or they could be directly opposite, which is called opposition. And it is just like it sounds opposition, oppositional <laughs> as in challenging. So when planets are in a chart, in a natal chart, when planets are either trining or sextiling, that means that they are um, friendly. It's a friendly relationship. So say you have um, Jupiter uh, trying to your sun. That's a very, very positive, and that is a static, uh, again, your natal chart is static. It's it's the moment you were born. It's not going to change, and it influences your entire life, destiny, uh, path. Um, When those two planets... For instance, Jupiter and uh, your Sun are trining. That that bestows um, blessings upon your your life, um, which is a wonderful aspect to have. Um, and similarly, if say say Mars and um, Venus were sextiling, that means that Mars and Venus have a friendly relationship with each other, right? So you could have, um, again, it could mean that you, there's so many different meanings and I'm, I'm not one to, you know, um, be predictive about what that particular sextile would mean, but things it could mean is, um, you know, good relationships with, 
with uh, both men or fem uh, sorry men and women or good relationships with both mother and father um, so it can mean a lot of things in your chart but it's a positive aspect and when planets are conjunct like say you have Jupiter and uh, uh, let's say you have yeah say Jupiter and Saturn say oh uh, <laughs> so we have some conjunctions happening right now it just made me think um, Jupiter and Saturn say in the same sign just I think what was it recently um, well we're going to be having Jupiter and Saturn we have had them in Saturn or excuse me Jupiter and Saturn are going to be conjunct in Aquarius um, on the 21st um, of this year which is a big deal um, on the solstice everybody's talking about but so what that means is the, that there will be a blending of those two energies which is kind of a big ironic uh, example because classically um, out of all the planets Jupiter will expand things and Saturn will restrict so it's kind of like uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in Aquarius um, when that happens and um, but again somehow in the way you can just use your kind of intuition about what happens when an expand <laughs> an expansive planet meets up with a restrictive planet well uh, ex Jupiter could expand restriction so obviously I'm not being predictive here but you know this is coming through right now I mean we are in a pandemic and you know in and out of lockdown and you know Jupiter could expand Saturn's need to restrict um, us in further in in the winter and for that uh, conjunction so those are the kinds of things it could mean and in your birth chart that again could mean um, an expansion of restriction in your life you know um, or a restriction of expansion I mean they're both kind of the same thing it doesn't sound too good does it <laughs> So that's kind of a, but, you know, again, I'm, that's what I'm coming up with at the moment. And there could be other interpretations. Um, so don't take that as the only interpretation, please. And it's a good thing to keep that in mind when listening to interpretations of anything. is They're not always the whole story. It's just one angle. Although it could be very, um, you know, very uh, well uh, researched and very, I mean, very solid um, interpretation so um so we have uh yeah um, conjunctions and conjunctions again depending on the planets that are coming together it could be a positive conjunction it could be an, a challenging conjunction we like to say challenging instead of negative um, or it could be neutral right um so for instance, um, apparently Mercury is only, I think it's 28 degrees. I don't want to, I don't want to, um, misquote that or Mercury can, I think it, it can only be, um, about 28 degrees away from the sun at any time. So Mercury is very common to conjunct the sun, right? Um, and that, 
would mean that Mercury influences your sun and your sun influences Mercury. Um, Mercury is a planet of communication and your sun is your, uh, basically your I am, your, your identity, your, your ego. Um, and so depending on what house that would, that, and sign that's in, it, it influences how you would communicate in your life. What would be your style of communication? What would be your uh, ability to communicate? Whether it be, you know, restricted ability to communicate or whether it would be expansive ability to communicate or it would be, um, you know, maybe uh, Uranus would be uh, trining, you know, uh, Mercury and the sun. And that would mean that uh, Uranus is influencing um, positively or uh, the... um, the uh, expression, the way that you express. That's very Uranian, which Uranus rules um, uh, waking up and um, sudden changes. And um, it's kind of like the lightning bolt of the planets. It's, it's a lot of energy and it shakes things up and it wants, it wants breakthroughs and it wants new things and it's very zippy and that's Uranus. So um, and then, so moving to the spectrum of more challenging aspects, which again, conjunctions can, can be challenging, um, depending on what the planets are. Um, and I'm not explaining all the planets in this podcast, um, admittedly, and, but I encourage you to go look them up. Um, and what I mean by that is looking up the energies of, of each of the planets and what they, what they represent, because they each rule um, an aspect of our consciousness, our society. Uh, and it's a fascinating study of, again, of sort of getting a, the whole picture experience of planet Earth, because, you know, it's, it's obvious that some of us live our whole lives kind of in one corner of the zodiac chart. Like we, we just, you know, we don't really look outside of our of our particular, and that's in our charts when that happens, you know, our particular little point of view and our little, you know, city block or our, our, you know, um, ethnicity, we just, you know, we stay kind of like in that world, but to open up to the vastness of what is available on this planet and beyond is, um, what astrology can do for you is it can open up your mind to like, oh my God, I never thought about that. I never knew that existed or I didn't acknowledge that or I didn't want to know that existed or <laughs> or I didn't understand how someone could be that way, right? That's what astrology can be good for um, is understanding, similar to understanding the elements. And again, this, the planets are elemental. Um, they are, you know, the zodiac signs are, are, um, are divided into earth signs, water signs, um, fire signs and air signs. So three of each, right? Three of each element making up 12 signs total. And I was just writing in my blog post that ether is not inherently, um, an element in those four, you know, if we break down the zodiac signs, but, but it's definitely just, it's just present. It's in the, it is woven into the understanding of these, um, signs 
for instance, Aquarius is very etheric, um, same with Pisces and every, you know, and Taurus is very not etheric, right? <laughs> um, it's very grounded and, um, very earth-based. So again, cross correlations to the Vata, Pitta and Kapha that I talked about in my Elemental Imbalances podcast. If you have followed any of these or many of these podcasts, um, they are found um, in Vata, Pitta, and Kapha, which is, again, the Ayurvedic system of constitutions. And you can find somebody's constitution in their birth chart as well. I mean, that's another thing. I When I, I was, you know, waking up to that, when I started studying charts, it was like when you look at the balance of where somebody's um, elements are, like some people have very even, evenly distributed elements in their in their chart. For instance, they have four planets and earth signs. They have four, three planets and water signs. They have two planets and air signs. They have five planets and whatever the last one was. I missed. I left out. But um, and then some people are like, you know, eighty five percent water. I mean, imagine that, and imagine, imagine being, you know. Imagine being 75% earth. Well, you're going to be a kapha. You're just going to be a kapha person because you're 75% earth. You know, kapha is earth and water. And, uh, and then there's the idea of mutable, fixed, and cardinal signs, which translate also across systems into um, your constitution, right? Water is more... Um, well, they're divided, I was going to say more mutable, but they're, they're actually divided. That's a whole nother, um, sort of, um, aspect. And I'm not going to go into that yet. I'm going to go back to the aspects, which is where I kind of left off, which was to talk about the challenging aspects. So I hope you're following me. And if not, you can listen to this more than once and, or you could just, you know, enjoy going on a little zippy little roller coaster of, um, again, tangential, not nonsensical, because this is all very, very, I'm, I'm very, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from experience here <laughs> and from studies. Uh, so yes, this is kind of stuff I'm wrapping my head around all the time. All right. So let's get, let's get to the squares. Um, it's not hip to be square. Apparently in astrology, it's, um, it's it's challenging to be square. So if you have a square aspect in your in your chart, um, and what that's going to look like is you're going to have three houses in between, um, or sorry, two houses. Let me get this right. Um, let me just get this in front of me. Sorry. Um, yeah, you're going to have two houses in, yeah, two, sorry, the trining is three houses in between. You're going to have two houses in between um, planets when they're squared. So, for instance, um, an eighth house and a eleventh house would be squared. That makes sense? So, that's going to be a challenge, right? So, you could have for instance, given, given those houses, say you have Jupiter in the eighth house and you have, um, Mars in 
the 11th house. That means those planets are squared. That means that, and it also they're squared in particular houses. So the meaning of those houses and the signs that those houses are in. So again, Jupiter in the eighth house, square Saturn in the, in the 11th house. Um, again, I'm kind of extrapolating here, but that, you know, Jupiter squared, uh, sorry, squared Mars would be perhaps like those planets, it would, you know, it, Mars represents masculinity and action and aggression. And if you have Jupiter in a challenging aspect, squaring Mars, what that's going to look like is um, maybe, a, you know, um, expansion because Jupiter expands those qualities in a not, not so positive way. Like maybe there would be, this person would have a lot of aggression issues um, or overly identification with their masculine. All right. And then we have oppositions. So that means that planets are directly opposite each other in the zodiac. Like you ha would have a, a first and the seventh house um, opposition. And you would have uh, Uranus in the first house and um, Pluto in the seventh house. And they're opposite each other, which means that there's tension, there's struggle, there's um, kind of, uh, they're kind of butting heads, right? Uranus, planet of, again, waking up and zaniness and um, breakthrough and uh, shaking things up would be uh, butting heads with Pluto, the planet of transformation. So that would probably look like a lot of disruption. That would probably look like um, episodes of um, very, of disruption in, in your life that were just kind of explosive and ongoing, right? Where it's like you get settled and boom, everything gets shaken up again. And then you get settled and boom, you have to go down into the pit again. <laughs> um, I don't know if that sounds familiar to anyone. I, I can kind of relate to that. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah, the point, and, you know, um, and not to make this about me, but this is obviously my uh, project, that, you know, I have had challenges in my life. I have had to look high and low to understand, especially when given very simplistic, um, in, in, uh, non-conclusive, uh, answers by science or doctors and, or, you know, specifically psychiatrists in my case. Um, and, you know, so this is why I've had to look deeper and say, well, what is actually happening here? What is going on? And, that's what these um, astrology charts can help us with is say, you know what, you're going to, you're going to have issues with depression. You're going to have issues with anxiety. You're just planets are placed exactly to cause that experience. Um, you're going to have experience of being institutionalized. You're going to have experiences of having, you know, challenging, um, whatever, physical, mental, emotional health. Um, it's just in your chart. There's no way you wouldn't experience that. It's, it is written. It is written in the stars. 
And what can that do for us? Um, well, instead of feeling like this was a mistake or um, is out of control or it's not really happening and how, I mean, it gives you a context and it gives you some wisdom and it gives you a ground to stand on and go, you know, this is happening in the, in the greater scheme of some big plan. And I can stand right now looking at my chart and go, you know, outside of, of the chaos and the turmoil, you can stand outside of that and look at the chart and say, it's all right here. It's written right here. I can put my finger on it and it's not my fault. And I'm, there's nothing like I'm not bad or wrong or, you know, all these things that we can think when bad things are happening to us or through us or for us or with us or um, there's some redemption if we can find the source and we can not only that but learn learn more about it learn the particulars you know what are the nuances and how long will these things be happening and everything is impermanent and so um, you know I always kind of make the the joke, you know, anybody who who is drawn to astrology usually is dealing with circumstances that are so challenging that they are forced to step outside of themselves and look at this darn journey on paper and go, you know, I have to transcend this experience because life has been too hard and confusing and nobody can explain it and nobody in my life knows what's going on and they're not they're not like hip enough to speak this language and I have to go to this tradition this wisdom tradition of of something that's way beyond me and um the celestial you know <laughs> spirituality uh to find answers and to find solace and to find um companionship even with these planets uh, when nothing in my life is stable or secure or comforting that at least this can be you know at least these planets can be so um, I, I offer this to anyone in this time especially that we're in now in 2020 um, where again as someone who's been following astrology for a long time including uh, Mayan calendar astrology, which states that we just entered a 13-year a cycle um, a year and a half ago that is dependent, is no longer dependent on the moon, the predictability of the moon cycles, but is, is run by a wizard energy. So it's sort of like anything goes. And that has given me a rudder, you know, in, in these times. Um, and I, I, that's again where I, at the dinner table I'm, I'm asked um, what the latest that I've been tuning into um, in astrology because it's like, well, shit, it, this is too weird and too confusing and help. We need some answers. We need to be able to wrap our, our brains around this and, and expand our idea of what's possible to include this map that is given to us in our very own night sky. So... That's all I'm going to say today on this episode. I, I hope that was a, a good little dive. And please do let me know if you're listening to these podcasts. Um, I'm very, um, at this point, um, 
I'm a bit shy about, uh, you know, um, distributing them. And, and, and if anybody does hear them, it's kind of a bonus. <laughs> Actually, that's really where I'm at right now with my podcast. But, um, if you happen to listen, please do rate and review or spread the word or send me a message that you heard it and maybe you learned something or if it touched you or if it helped you again, the ways that I'm trying to be helpful, uh, right now, again, contextualizing in the Aquarian age. So thank you so much for listening. Um, I appreciate you and I appreciate that, that the stars brought us together today. And once again, you can go to my website, juliaburnbaum.com send me a message, um, say hello, and I look forward to to hearing from you. And may you have a, a very blessed day and a blessed holiday. All right. Best wishes to you. Bye-bye.